But I went back and I started putting myself through certifications and personal development, reading books so that I could get the education on the outside of work to make me better in work. It did help that I'm obsessed with personal development and I fell in love with it right away. So it's easier to go down those paths when you like it. But I always recommend if you're trying to excel at your job, go outside your job and invest in yourself. It'll help your job, but it'll help you way more to put that extra time and money into it. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith-Austin and Misty Garrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, 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 it's Kimberly Smith Austin, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Made to Inspire podcast. Every week we are here giving you insights to action because we are passionate about helping you on your journey from inspiration to monetization. This week's show, we have a special guest. As you all know, we've been in this series that was all about ideas to action to income. And I am so delighted to bring to you today a very special guest who comes all the way from California. Will you all help me welcome to our show, Misty Kerrigan. Thank you, Kimberly. Hello. How are you? You all know that Misty is the (laughs) co-host here today. She is our special guest because guess what? Just like so many others that have come to our show, she has an idea to action, to income story. And who better to bring onto our platform than our very own Misty? Misty, will you do us the honor and please tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, Let's see, 20 years, 20 plus years, I guess, in the mental health industry, uh, working with at-risk youth, foster youth, uh, kids with dual diagnoses. I've started... I started in the field working in group homes. A couple of them, I don't know about you, you moved from Illinois, I moved from Arizona. And when I got here, I was 22, I wanna say, and it was expensive. And I had a psychology degree, a psychology degree, I was ready to change the world. And I went to my first job interview and they're like, you're amazing, you got the job. And you know, I'm like, great, like, it pays 950 an hour. And I was like, 950 an hour? That, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Apparently, a bachelor's degree in psychology didn't mean crap. It literally, at that time, 20 years ago, was $9.50 an hour. And at that time, I was living near the ocean, so that was not going to cut it. So I got three jobs. I worked at the County of San Diego Polinsky Center in their shelter. I worked at Oak Grove, and I worked at a small group called Mom and Pop. But I always tell, when I, especially when I mentor, is that's not, it wasn't a lot of work. I got to hang out with kids all day. And because I was doing so many hours, my pay at the job started to almost double because I was getting the hours, not 40 a week, but 80 a week got me instead of working two years, it took me one year to get to two years. And I remember being so excited when all the schedules lined up and I had Saturdays off. That was exciting for me. So I am not the person to come to when people are like, I work so many hours. And I'm like, let's sit down. Let's go apples to apples because you do what you do. And sometimes it's not really work. Sometimes it's experience hours. And if you see it as experience hours, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, you're tired. 
yeah, it does suck sometimes, but man, that experience is going to pay off later on, especially if you stay the course. So working with the kids didn't pay that much. And one of my favorite stories to tell, and if you heard me train before, you know what it is. My boss pulls me in and she says, congratulations, I want you to supervise. And I said, oh, work with adults? No, thank you. And I walked out of the office. I'm like, I don't work with adults. I work with children. And um, so a few days later, she pulls me back in and she says, I just wanted to. And as she said that in my head, I'm thinking she's going to say thank you for all the hard work you do. Thank you for, you know, you, you work with the kids and they love you and you love it. And I was waiting for accolades. And she says, I just want to tell you, I'm a I'm a little sad of how selfish you are. And I was all, what? She's like, I, I just, how many kids do you think you could help a year? And I'm like, I'm one of your best staff. I know easily I could help 20 a year, 20, 20 a year could get help. And she said, that's really selfish. You know, if you were to work with the other adults and train them and each of them could help 20, you could be helping a thousand kids a year, but go ahead and get out of my office. Cause you only want to help 20. Wow. And it, wow. it blew me away. And I was like, okay, I don't want to supervise anyway. And then the next round of conversations came, takes me a while to get some things. And she said, um, do you understand what happens when these children grow up if they don't get the help they need? I'm like, yeah, they become adults. And she said, yes. So you are so passionate about working with these children, but you don't want to work with your coworkers who are just grown up versions of these children. And if you can get out of your own way and help anybody and everybody with the same things you help the kids with, you're going to go far. And it's one of my favorite conversations now to have with new staff who only want to work with the children and get so annoyed with their coworkers. It's crazy how those mentorships sort of get to change out. And you now, you're, you know, you never want to say what your mom told you when you were little. And now you're telling it to your own kids. <laughs> I think that's part of, of living in a legacy. And unbeknownst to me, I was in a two-year apprentice. And I didn't know this. My boss is getting ready to retire. I don't know what she saw, but she saw something in me. So I had two years apprenticeship in a leadership program. I didn't even know I was in to be able to uh do the things that I get to do today all because she took the time to mentor a snot-nosed 20-year-old that only wanted to work with children. Wow, what a humble beginning. And I say humble because, you know, you got a, a little bit of humble pie. You know, the person saw <laughs> what they saw inside of you. And even though you resisted, they didn't give up. And that's that's the beauty about leadership. That's the beauty about passion. She was passionate, Annette, about helping you become the next version of yourself and helping more people in the world. How exciting is that? I mean, that just pumped me up hearing that story. So that was your first experience and your first entry into leadership and management in the field that you work in today. Now, tell me a little bit about that journey. What happened after that point? You took the two and a half year apprenticeship, you develop your skills, and then you started doing what? I became really passionate about leadership. And we, we train this all the time. I, even though my work couldn't afford, and I was getting the apprenticeship from my mentor, but they couldn't afford, we were a nonprofit to send me to where I needed to go to develop into a leader. And I come from my, my grandpa has two master's degree and my grandparents, my grandma, grandpa raised me. And I was raised with education is the most important thing you could do for yourself. So I knew I always wanted to go back to get a master's degree. In fact, I was only going to take a year off and then go back and, and longer story, but that was, was longer than a year that I took off to go back for my master's. But I went back and I started putting myself through certifications and personal development, reading books so that I could get the education on the outside of work to make me better in work. It did help, 
that I'm obsessed with personal development and I fell in love with it right away. So it, it's easier to go down those paths when you like it. But I always recommend if you're trying to excel at your job, go outside your job and invest in yourself. It'll help your job, but it'll help you way more to put that extra time and money into it. So now I'm getting these in a personal development lessons. I'm obsessed with achieving your goals. I come from a family where uh, if I told my grandpa I wanted to be an astronaut, he would have moved the family to Texas to find the best astronaut school. That's how much belief he had in me and my goals coming true. So I, I always believe if you have a dream, you make it a goal and you just do the steps to get there. And that's always worked for me. So when people say like, oh, I have dreams, I'm like, well, you should have goals and we could reach goals. Like I'm huge into goals. So I started to uh, train. They made me a trainer. I fell in love with training. And then they, uh, they put me in charge of recreating groups because I didn't like the groups on the dorm. So we had to have groups. And I went to my boss and I said, I want to do a goal setting group. I think these kids could benefit. And she said, okay, bring me a six week um, program, write a six weeks program, have the agenda ready, have the things you're going to do, bring it to me and I'll approve it. So I ran home and I stayed up all night creating curriculum and I created this amazing curriculum for a goals group. And then she approved it and I got seven kids in my group. And I went through my curriculum and they set goals that even when they were setting them, I'm like, okay, but we have to really be able to work on this. And every one of those kids reached their goal. And some of their goals, we've never even done an Oak Grove before. One of the girls' goals was to have go to a, she was going to a school outside of Oak Grove and she just wanted to go to an event. And we've never approved that before, but I said, let's try it. We set her goals. She reached everyone she had and the CEO approved her going to this after school event and we were blown away because the goal changed the program. The goal changed the program. And that, I was on fire. And it made me even more excited about when you have a goal and you have a definite purpose, things get out of your way. She believed, she wanted, she put action and the program shift. And so I was super excited about goals. And I just started writing different groups for the kids. Wow. And then my group started getting outcomes. And then I was brought to the team to start writing uh, requests for proposals, which are RFPs. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in uh, one of my greatest mentors, it's Tammy Wilson. I'm sitting in her office and we're, we're talking about this, this program we want to create. And she said, have you ever had an idea, created a program and then watched the kids step back and then watch that, that program helped kids? And I said, no, I've created groups and I ran the groups, but I've never had an idea where I, I looked, I stepped away in that idea formed into something. And then now that program was helping kids. And she's like, Oh, she's like, sit down. This is about to change your life. And we wrote our first RFP, which is the program I still have to this day in a different form of it is wraparound. And we wrote all this amazing stuff in and we got the county contract. Wow. And then we put together a program. I started with two staff. It was myself and another staff. And we started with one family. And within three years, we had over a hundred families and I had a hundred staff under me in, in under a two year thing to have this program just kept growing. And as this program got successful, she pulls me in and she said, we have another RFP. The Riverside County is looking for an independent living skills program. So we sat down and the program before us had only had 20 kids go through five weeks. 20 kids went through a five week program. And I went home that night and I, um, it was inspiration. I love to think these are my ideas, but I know they come from a higher power and I get to be the, the channel of it. And I wrote down 40 weeks. I don't know where it came from still to this day. I wrote a 40 week curriculum and uh, 
I took it to Tammy and I said, I think we could do this. And she's like, that is a lot. The last program had a five week program. And I said, but look, so Tammy started putting her magic into it. We did ours and we, we gave them a 40 week program and we did it 10 weeks at a time. And we had, I had personal development it. One of my uh, foster youth that was on the dorm for many, many years, I felt like I raised her. She was giving me insights. We were putting all this stuff into it. And I remember we were sitting in a room with all these high officials. And normally I, don't, I didn't get to sit in those rooms because I was more over my department. So yeah. I think I had to go out and buy an outfit, Kimberly. I swear to God, yeah. I didn't have an outfit to sit in a business meeting. So I'm sitting in this meeting and they're reading over this and they said, this is great on paper, but if we give you the program, a bunch of us are going to get fired if this program doesn't do what you say it's going to do on paper. Wow. And I was looking at Tammy and I was looking at the people and I was confused because I said, I'm confused on how can it not. Right. That's like we're Oak Grove. That's what we do. We write you what we're going to do. And then we do it. Like we have year, 30 years experience. It's about time it took over 20 years ago and in doing that. And they gave us the program and we were so excited. We thought uh, we were going to beat the record of 20 kids. That first 10 weeks, we rolled out the program. 70 kids showed up all 10 weeks. Wow. And then it's a 40 week program. And we thought two kids were going to go all 40 weeks the first year. 20 kids ended up going. And now it's a, we've had the program about seven years and kids in the thousands have been through at least 10 weeks in the thousands. And then we have in the hundreds, I think we're high 500, 500 different kids have gone through all 40 weeks and the program still amazes me and shifts and change. But I'm at that. uh, I'm at the thing now where I'm directing it and a coordinator runs it and I get to sneak into the classes. No one knows who I am. And I just watched this idea I had seven years ago impact lives today as it, it keeps going on. So when, when we say we're passionate about ideas and we hear someone say, I have an idea, my first inclination is when, if you would have told me thousands of foster youth would have been affected, I wouldn't have believed you. It wouldn't have crossed my mind, but to look back and think like, what if I got scared? What if I didn't do it? What if I said, oh, no, thank you. Like how many lives would be different today because this program is impacting lives. And we did another podcast where we had Coach Kimberly on there. I'm thinking about that too. What if you never wrote your idea down, put the date by it? How many runners have you trained? How many athletes are better? How many people that weren't athletes are now running or even healthier or added years to their life because we had an idea and we put it on paper and we put action behind it? That's so powerful, Misty. You know, as I listen to you talk about your passion for children and how you took that passion to help young children and you got your education and you took your ideas, things that were inside of your heart and inside of your head and created a program so that youth could thrive. So they can simply thrive in their lives because that's your purpose. That's what you want the outcome to be. I know they're foster youth. They've been in very uncomfortable, very dysfunctional situations, and they've been passed around from house to house or situation to situation. But your heart, your passion, and your desire to help them thrive helped you create a program that will then not only help the youth that you were dealing with at that given moment, but for years to come. And I love hearing about the successes that you've had. And I love the the challenge that your boss put you up to, to do it. And friends, when you listen to this show, I want you to think about There are people in our lives that are going to help us on our journey. Coaches, friends, mentors, 
people who want the best for us. And I know that was Misty's heart by not only entering this industry, that was her heart, number one, but number two, she remained there and she's making impact to help people thrive. So when you think about Thrive, which I believe is the name of the program, is that right? <laughs> that is what I named it. Tell us a little bit about why, why did you give it that name, Misty? My coordinator at that time, um, who's now a coordinator of the department with me, we were, she wrote out this amazing thing and it said, how to help youth. And we want youth to thrive in education. We want, and I saw that. And I don't, you, I know you've had this happen before. And I bet some of our listeners have that word. It almost like was a light came and there was music and there was angels. And it was like an aha moment. And I ripped the paper off. She's like, what are you doing? I ripped it out of her notebook. And I said, that's the program. That's the name of the program. And I ran up to Tammy's office and I said, we have a name for our program. I have the program name. And I was all thrive. <laughs> and I came in super on like excited <laughs> and she looks up and she's always typing and she goes, yeah, okay, that'll work. And then she goes back down. I was ready to like run laps. I'm like, you don't understand. Like this is the most magical moment of my life. So it, it, it was, it came from divine intervention on what the, the name of the program is. But now I have it in my favorite tagline in, in my other companies is when you thrive in your own life, others are inspired to do the same. The easiest way to influence and change someone is to change yourself Absolutely. with those behaviors and to become that version of yourself because people want success. They want what you have. And when they see you doing it, they're going to want it more. That's right. You become an inspiration to other people. And that's the key piece. Now, I want to go back a little bit only because I know a little bit of information about Thrive <laughs> and how you've not only used it in, you know, kind of the the what Oak Grove environment, but you put it out to other spaces in different forms and, and things of that nature. But I know I believe it has T-H-R-I-V-E-S seven components that you evaluate when you when you go through Thrive. If you would share with our audience what that Thrives stand for or what elements you review with those youth, but also the world. Oh, yeah. Well, the Thrive is Thrive. And so I love the word so much. I um, One of the things I do is I train mental health staff on burnout and how uh, a, a, a famous quote is, if you've been burnt out, that means at one time you were on fire. So if we can get you back to being on fire about what you do, then we are winning. And in this field, there's vicarious trauma and there's different things that happen. So I created trainings for people on how they can not be in those, the two-year burnout, right? Where they want to quit and leave the field, i.e. quit and leave the children or their population. So I created a program based upon all these different assessments I was taking about well-being. I said, okay, there's all these components to well-being. What are some of the main ones where we're seeing patterns so I could create it. And uh, Kimberly has this funny habit of making everything into a word or acrostic or W, the P's, you'll hear it. You've, you've heard it on our show. You'll continue to hear it. We just automatically do that. And so I took thrives because I love that word. And I broke it down into different domains of life. And then you could measure those domains and see where you're at. Because if you're low on one, you have to have energy and specific things put into it so that you could be back to where it needs to be. And those things are your tribe. Who are your friends and your family and your people in your life? We, we, cannot, we cannot operate alone. We are not an island. We need connection. And sometimes when we get busy or especially workaholics or entrepreneurs, we don't take the time to have a coffee with a friend or see a movie or just be with someone because our brains are always working. But we need those people. We need those connections. We want to see how you're doing that. Are you building that? Are you asking for help? 
No one does it alone. H is health. Like we talked about on our last podcast, your health is the most important thing. It is your wealth, you say. Your health is your wealth because it is the time and energy you put into your vitality and how you feel. And you could change it on a dime. Uh, the I is your investments. The biggest money, the biggest stressor in the world is money, right? We could all align on that. And if you're stressing about money, it's hard to be passionate about other things. So in this field, even though we're not paid a lot, I've read stories and we teach the foster youth this. If you start investing at age 18 and you're just putting away, I want to say it's like $50 a month, which is a few trips to Starbucks and eating out at 18 because of compound interest. By the time you're in your 40s, you could have a million dollars from your monthly investments of $40. Now, as you get older, because there's not as much time, the exponential effect decreases. But this is the stuff we teach the kids, the stuff that we always complain we didn't learn in school, finances, stock market, taxes. So we want them to be financially fit. It's one of our other programs is financially fit. You want to be fit across the board. So that's investments is very important. Your view is your vocation. I truly believe that you should work in something that you love. Now, people will argue with me, and, and here's how I come to disagree, agree to disagree. I say, great. If you have a job you hate, but you're making lots of money and you're okay with it, what are you doing after work for your passion? Then? I get it. Some people, they, they, maybe they hate construction, but it pays good and it's all they know. That's great. Then you have a job. I don't discount that. I think that's amazing, but you still have to find a time and energy for what you're passionate about if you're not going to get paid for your passion, but you don't hate, hate your job. What are you putting that in? So vocation work. And a lot of times people do that on Sundays through their churches. You could come on Sunday and just dive into your passion. And in any of those populations, there's youth populations, there's senior populations, there's single populations. There's so much at any church to be able to tap into and, and really grow your passion into that if you can't do it at your job. Um, is education always being, if you're not growing, you're dying. You have to be investing in what you're learning. If it's a book, if it's a course, if it's a person that you're interviewing or getting mentored by, you have to be doing something. And the S, to me, the most important one is your spiritual connection with your higher power. Some people pray every night, they pray every meal, they go to church every Sunday, and they don't have the connection that they're searching for. So it's, it is also doing the things such as that, but it's making those connections spiritually to where your, your mind, your body, your everything is connected and attached to that higher power. And you're able to, we call it grounding, tap into what that plan is for you. Because when your plan is aligned with that plan, we talked about this a couple episodes. Of, oh my gosh, like you are, uh, you're favored. There's doors that open that wouldn't open if you weren't on that path. And I have a friend I, I joke around with all the time. And when she, and she knows who she is, when she leaves God's path, she is slapped so hard back to where she needs to be and immediately returning to where it is when she ventures off. And I say that's because you have a you have an impact and he is so dedicated to this impact. He is not going to give you time to slack away from this plan. So it's just these different areas to take time to look into. One of my favorite things is exponential impact. You've seen where you drop a, a rock into a river and it, it ripples out. That's the ripple effect. Well, I want you to add to that. I want you to add to the exponential effect because that means you impacting one person. What does that one person impacts two? And those two people impact two more and those people impact five. Like it's not just about me impacting one. It's about what did I set in motion for this exponential thing to take off where you don't even know something you say or do could impact millions, 
even something small, telling someone good morning, helping them in a better mood, their mood might impact others. So it's a, it's a very big responsibility when you think about the world that way, that you're not just impacting the one person you're interacting with, but you're also impacting whoever they inter interact with. It's pretty powerful stuff. And that's why your idea is so important. You never know. It might just impact beyond your customer that's or consumer. Right. I love that. I love that. And, you know, it just made me think about the story that you told at the beginning when your manager, your boss challenged you and said, oh, you only want to teach 20? How about 4,000? Because you yeah. helped one and that one helped one and that one helped one. That's the impact of your idea. Your one idea can impact one, but then it impacts two because they share it and then 20, 50, and then there's growth beyond anything that you can ever imagine. Misty, I love it. Today, you've given us not only insight about who you are, your journey, and how you took your idea to action into income because you've created income for yourself, for families. You've also brought other people into your programs and created income and careers for other people simply by the implementation of the idea to serve others. Wow, powerful. I say, wow, powerful. It was two words combined. Wow, powerful. <laughs> I love that. Let's be our new tagline. Right? Wow, powerful. That is what I'm talking about. So when you think about, you know, going out on this journey and, you know, on our show, we always ask if there's some nuggets, one, two or three nuggets that you can share with those that are on this journey to take their ideas to income to from, excuse me, ideas to action to income. What nuggets will you give them? I was put in sports at a very young age because I'm ADHD. And like I said, my grandparents raised me. So they were very smart in how do you get this energy out so that when you're home, you're not bouncing off the walls. So I think I started sports at first grade, uh, softball, which moved into basketball, track, tennis, uh, anything with a sport, I'm in it. I love sports. And whether it be sports or as my career is, I've always had a coach or a mentor. So I am at who I am today and the level I am today. And I even have mentors and coaches right now because I want that next level. There's bigger things for me out there. I don't know where we heard that before, but it's because of these coaches and these mentors. So my first thing is get a coach or mentor. And then I like to add to that. My second thing is be a coach or mentor. So if you have a coach or mentor and then you're turning around and you're helping others coach or mentor, whether that's on Sundays, you're running the the group for the kids, uh, you're going to volunteer to coach, or you're even taking some time to come in to talk to kids one time because your, your schedule is so crazy. But if you are a coach or mentor, or I've seen people fall back in love with their jobs when they get a new staff that looks up to them and they get a pour into them. So I always say get poured into so that you can pour into others. And then my third one is dream dream. I know it's scary. I know some of them have been shattered, but one of the favorite things I like to butcher is if you have a goal or dream or wish and it falls to the floor and it's broken into a thousand pieces, it's shattered, pick up a shattered piece and start again. I can't tell you how many, and Kimberly could attest to this, we interview millionaires, we interview bosses, we interview everyone, and not one of them had said, I've never dropped a dream or goal or failed. It's in these failures that we become the best versions of ourselves. So never be scared to fail. If you're scared to fail, call us, we'll coach you, buy a book, but you, you're going to fail. Get back up. So get a coach, be a coach, prepare to fail, but dream. You've got to get, you've got to get yourself excited to want to do the things. 
because you could talk yourself out of anything and you could talk yourself into anything. But if you get excited just long enough to call a coach, accountability adds 95% completion rate. Having accountability coach or partner will add a 95 completion rate to that result you're looking for. That's insane when you think about percentages. Love it. I love it. You know, and I love watching you and hearing you. And it just really brings home the fact that passion, that passion that we talk about. In fact, we are having our webinar, Passion into Profit, coming up really soon. We want to make sure that you take advantage of it. Sign up, join the list, join the the movement, because we're going to help you take that passion into profit. Just as Missy spoke about her passion for helping the youth and how it has transformed into profit. No, I said profit. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. So we want to help you do the same. So Misty, tell us, where can the world find you? (laughs) Uh, Right now, my main uh, passion is made to inspire. Uh, We have a book. We have a podcast. You're finding us right now in the link. Uh, Follow us on social media. I also have an Inspire Purpose Driven Consulting. Inspire Purpose Driven Consulting is my mental health business when I do my consulting and training in the mental health realm. And then everything else we do through Made to Inspire. And right now, our main mission is you and your idea and getting it out to the world. And we got some amazing products. We got some amazing trainings coming out. And we have some tools and some strategies that are going to help you. And we have that get you in a headlock and accountability. When you're serious about getting to that next level, 95% result comes from the accountability. And we are here for you. I love it. Misty, such a pleasure to have you on the show today as our special guest. We appreciate you. We're so thankful for you. And as we say on every single episode, there is something out there waiting for you. Now go get it. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter N, Spire You. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.